Amen. Before you're seated, maybe you can turn around and smile at somebody. Amen. Be friendly. Say, man, I'm glad I'm sitting by you today. And you smell good, too. I don't know. That's weird. But you can be seated. Amen. It's important that you smell good in church, isn't it? Amen. Right? Amen. You may be seated. So, uh, really excited about what the Lord's doing next week. We're excited about Baptism Sunday. And so, if you really have some questions, even today, maybe you have some questions about, you know, I was baptized, I'm not really sure if I can do it again, or, or whatever, any kind of, I get those questions a lot. Amen. We'd love to talk with you after the service. There's people right up here at the front that, uh, they're our prayer team, but they're also our, part of our leadership team, so they have a lot of answers for questions. And so, um, if you want to know who Jesus is, we want to talk to you. We want to answer some questions, maybe pray with you, and uh, we're here for you after the service. And so, um, there's a lot of questions about that as well. Amen. And so, how you know, when you come to church, amen, we're here to encourage one another, to build each other's faith up. How many believe that? Amen. Many people think, man, I want to go to church, man, because it's about a bunch of rules, and, and I, don't, I don't feel like I'm good enough to be there. But how many know none of us are good enough to be in God's presence, but by His grace and His mercy, through the power of the blood of Jesus, we can all come before Him. Amen. Anybody? Come on. And so I'm so thankful that, you know, God takes us from the worst, amen, and puts us in the best place, amen. Takes us from the, the guttermost and puts us in the uttermost, amen. And God raises us up and lifts us out of sin and degradation and forgives us, amen. How many love, amen, Jesus for that, amen. He is so good and so great. And I just, amen, we just keep falling in love with the Lord. I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm not really on cutting edge with my relationship with God. I want to stay in that intimate fellowship with the Lord and where I'm really with Him and walking with Him and in tune with Him. How many, how many want to believe that and say, yeah, that's me too. I want to, I want to stay on fire for God. I want to stay in love with Him. My passion for God and my, amen, desire for God. I want to keep it right there. Amen. Right, right up till that, you know, to that point of just being on fire for God. Sometimes we get through the busyness of life and we can really get just into our thing and, and we can kind of get, you know, into life and, and, and really kind of miss, amen, being in love with Jesus and reaching out to other people. How many have ever been there? You felt like, wow, I feel like, I don't feel like the same that I felt like when I first got saved and maybe I'm too busy for people and maybe you're like that, you know, like the, the Good Samaritan story where you're like that person, you got to get to where you're going and you walk right by that person with needs and, and I I don't ever want to get to that place. How many know what I'm talking about? And every one of us could always get to a place where we're really not soft-hearted towards other people, that our hearts are hard towards other people or other things. And just because of the circumstance of life. And this morning, I just was thinking about what God did in my life at one point with, uh, some, with other people and just reaching out to other people. Uh, used to work a construction job, and in the morning you get there, you got to load the trucks, and you go out of town, and you're busy, and you got to do this and that. And, and my boss was a, a really great Christian, and he loved the lost, and he really uh, really had a heart for people who were lost, and he would bring people to work, and he would bring people to the job site, and, and you know, we'd go to the, the halfway house and pick up people to help work, and we'd minister to them, and I'll never forget, I just, he came in, we brought some guy in, 
And uh, it was February, and he had a real light little coat on, and uh, he just had slip-on shoes. He didn't even have socks. And I couldn't help but notice his kind of had blood on his jeans, and I thought, Eesh. and, uh, you know, so I was, uh, you know, in a hurry, and, hey, Matt, this is Bob, and, you know, and, and he's going to be with us today. Okay, great. I'm busy. I got to go. I'll be back. And, you know, <clears throat> I'll never forget when, when I shook his hand, it was just, he smelled so bad. And I just, you know, and what I found out was, um, my boss told me that um, for the last couple of weeks he had been homeless and he'd been staying, um, sleeping in the blue box over at the American Rescue Workers, like the clothes box. He crawled up in there. Before they changed the design of him, you can crawl up in and he would, he would stay in there. And he was a, a user, so he was uh, an addict. And so he, he was a heroin addict. And so, you know, hence the blood on his jeans. And he just was so lost and so uh, needy and he didn't have anything didn't have any money but what he could scrap up for begging is you know used for drugs and he smelled so bad because he was sleeping in his urine and his feces and and um, he had vomited the night before on his jacket just stunk so bad and I'll never forget um kind of riding down the road and I'm like man I don't know if I have time for this guy today you know and um I'll never forget the Lord dealt with me and he was like it was for that smell that I died for that man that I died just like for you, I died for him. Right? Amen? And so I went back, and I'll never forget, I gave that guy the biggest hug, and I'll never forget, I said, Lord, just baptize me afresh with the love of God. Amen? And just, we can't ever get to that place, amen, where, where we just are so pharisaical, and we go our way, and we go past those that are needy, and we're just so busy with life, and I've got my family, I've got my job, I've got, I've got, this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, but how many know we've got to take time out to love other people, amen, and as for, amen, what we would consider, what we would consider the low of society, Jesus Christ values the most, amen. He looks down on the lowly, the Bible says, and his heart is for those who are broken. Anybody? Come on, because how many know that's my story? Amen. And so many of us, we get cleaned up and we get serving the Lord and we just think, man, I, I, I'm, I deserved it. I mean, I, what Jesus did for me on the cross, I mean, I deserved it. But how many know we were just like Bob? We were just like the one, amen, wretched and blind and lost and untouchable and unwanted. Come on, anybody. And Jesus opened his arms to us, amen, because of his great love. Amen. And I'll never forget, the Lord just baptized me afresh with the love of God. And I just remember ministering to him. And Bob got saved. And he got baptized. And in, amen, praise God. And in three months, three months, unfortunately, he got stomach cancer and passed away. But he came to church and he had a smile on his face, brand new clothes, he had a place to stay. He just felt so much love from our church. And uh, amen, how many know God has got people like that in your path every single day? Amen, they may not be so visible. How many know it's not, not the person that's maybe homeless or on the street, but how many know they're, they're broken inside? They can be driving a Cadillac and doing this and living and have three summer homes, but be so lost and so destitute and so broken inside. How many know that Jesus, Jesus wants us to be able to take our time and stop and say, it's for you that Jesus died. Anybody? Anybody? So I want to encourage you today. Don't let your heart get hard. Don't let it get so busy with life. Don't get so caught up with Christianity and how to be such a great Christian that you miss the very simple things about the Christian life, and that is to love other people more than you love yourself. Anybody? 
Amen? So I want to encourage you today. If you're praying for somebody, you should be. If you're praying for somebody who really, 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 really needs Jesus today, I want to encourage you. Don't give up on them. Keep praying. Keep believing. Amen? And before we get into the message today, I wonder if we could just, amen, slip our hand up and just, amen, close our eyes. Can we just lift up those that we're praying for? We called our VIP list. Very important people to God. Amen? They don't know the Lord. They're lost. They're broken. They're rebellious. They're, they're, they're violators. They're abusers. They're, they're addicts. They're people that are so lost or you know anybody from from witches to homeless it doesn't matter Lord we just pray for the lost our, our friends those who we know who need you and and they could be living in the biggest house in this whole county and be the richest person but we know they need you Lord we know that they're lost we know that they're blind we know that amen because of your word and what you've done in our lives but we pray that your love would continue to reach out to them amen Lord, from the uttermost to the guttermost. Lord, save them through and through, thoroughly. Show yourself to them. Reveal your love to them, Lord, your goodness and your kindness. Amen. Through what you did at Calvary, oh God. I pray that, Lord, you would bring them to a place of seeking you and looking and running after you and wondering who Jesus is. Lord, let them find the light of life. Amen. Hallelujah. We just thank you for it. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And last week we started kind of a little bit of a thing. I just want to finish it up. Actually, it kind of went, you know, a little bit longer than I thought last week. And we talked about trials, amen, test, amen, or, uh, you know, um, test or who's testing who is what we said. But it was about trials and how that we're tested, amen, by the Lord, amen. We read out of 1 Peter chapter 1 and um, we just talked a little bit about it. I just want to finish a couple thoughts up about that, amen, today if I could. Amen. Trials, testing or tempting. Amen. Testing or tempting. In 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 6, amen, you can turn in your Bible or click in your device. And by the way, if you're um, new here and you're coming and you don't have a Bible, we just uh, just hit us up after church. We got some Bibles for you, uh, maybe a Bible, amen, can't have them all, amen, you know we love the Word of God, amen, but we do have a Bible for you. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, um, he was talking about the hardships that Christians go through. And in verse 6, he said, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while or a season you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Verse 7, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith or greater, uh, of greater worth than gold. It's worth more than gold, more precious than gold, which eventually will perish away, even though it's refined by fire. May result in praise. So the trial of your faith may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In chapter 4 of 12 and verse 12 says this, he says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Amen. He said, don't be, amen, surprised. Why? Because the trying of your faith is more precious than gold. Amen. Going through a test today, I want to encourage you that God has not come to weaken you. He's come to strengthen you. That trials have come to bless you. God's not mad at you, but he is testing your faith and allowing these trials to come so that you'll put more trust in him and that your faith will be stronger than it was before. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. And so God doesn't test you, amen, because he's mad at you or to weaken you, but to strengthen you. If temptation causes you to trip up, we believe that trials cause you to step up. Amen? Anybody? 
Anybody? And so we also believe that if you're tempted to sin, then you must be tempted to win. Amen. I like to think of it that way. I like what an old preacher said years ago. He said that no trial, no triumph. Right? No cross, no crown. And so we know that, that by the testing of the Lord, that there is the reason that the Lord brings these things into our life is to strengthen our faith, is to allow our faith to grow in the Lord. How many have ever prayed that? Lord, cause my faith to grow. I mean, there's got to be something I can do to cause my faith to grow. Well, guess what? Guess, guess what's coming around the corner? A trial or a test, amen, uh, you know, test your anger level, your patience level, test your, uh, some of you about lost your salvation on the way to, well, church today with your kids. Come on. Amen. God's testing you. God's, amen, getting you through that trial. Amen. But you know, it's important to understand just, a, just something I briefly I want to mention before I talk about something else. And it's important to understand the trials in our lives and the test of our life, the things we go through that God allows. But there's also the temptations that we face. Amen. The Bible says that God can't tempt any man, but every man is tempted out of his own heart and lust, out of his own desire. So the Bible says that we, we've been born again, our spirits are born again, our, our souls are being restored, amen, being renewed day by day, amen, our bodies are going to be glorified one day, they're being, amen, changed, the Bible says. But you know, one of the things, the process of uh, being a Christian is that we realize is that there's a part of us that's still there. In Romans chapter 7, Paul says there's still part of that sin-bent nature, there's that struggle, that tug-of-war I constantly find myself in, is that God is helping us. How many know, as long as we live in this flesh, we're going to have to deal with fleshly things? That's what the Bible says. And so we're tempted, not by God, but we're tempted out of that flesh. Out of our, There's a part of us that still wants to kind of gravitate towards uh, getting the best for ourselves and always being right and lifted, lifted up in pride and serving other things but God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so... The Bible makes it clear that he, he tests your faith, but he doesn't tempt your flesh. The devil will tempt your flesh. That's the open door he has to your life, is your flesh. Did you know that? And so through your flesh, he tempts you. He, he draws you away, the Bible says. You're drawn away of your own lust. Amen. And, and in trials, the Holy Spirit works with you, but in temptation, the devil works against you, right? Amen. And so uh, trials strengthen you. Temptations will weaken you. And the other... The difference I've noticed is that tests, uh, tests come and trials come so that you can win. Temptation comes so you can fail. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to pass the test. Amen. I want to make it through the trial. I want my faith to be stronger. Amen. But one of the things I just want to throw out about temptation is don't give yourself too much credit. You may have been Christian for a long time. Amen. But how many know you're still a candidate for temptation? Amen. We, no, none of us will ever graduate from being tempted. Amen. As long as we're in this body, as long as we're in this flesh and live in this world, the Bible makes it clear we're going to be tempted. Amen. But the key is, is that we allow God's word and the Holy Spirit in our lives to teach us things that we get stronger and stronger that we can overcome temptation. You know, when you were newly saved, maybe the temptation for you was to uh, maybe go drinking with the fellas or, or you know, uh, take a hit here and do that. And, and you find yourself, it's like, wow, I don't even have to struggle with that anymore. Amen. Why? Because God taught you how to, amen, overcome, didn't he? he taught you how to, to control those desires and say no to the flesh. Amen. Come on, somebody. And then you get older and you, you, you mature in the Lord. And that's what Paul was talking about. That's why we rejoice, because we're growing in the Lord. Amen. And so we never graduate from that. So the question isn't, will you be tempted? The question is, when you're tempted, will you be ready? 
Amen. When you're tempted, will you be ready? But there's another part of this I want to focus on because really that whole message of temptation is powerful and the whole book of James is amazing and it's all about victory and I love it. But I wanted to focus on something else about the testing of the Lord when God brings trials into our lives. You know, the Bible makes it clear is that God can test us, but we are not to tempt the Lord. Amen. We are not to tempt the Lord. Amen. And now I, I want to bring this out because this is a biblical truth. This isn't something that, you know, you can kind of fish through scriptures and kind of like, yeah, you, you should be nice to the Lord. You shouldn't do that. No, this is, a, this is a warning to all believers that have come down through the centuries from the very beginning at Exodus, amen, all the way down to today that we should not ever get in the place where we're tempting the Lord. Amen. Let me explain what that is. In Hebrews chapter 3, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7. I'm going to start in verse 7. Hebrews chapter 3. The writer of Hebrews is saying right now, as he's writing this letter, he, he literally says, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me right now. The Holy Spirit's controlling my, t- my tongue and my pen right now. And he's saying this in verse 7. So as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. He's talking about a time, a specific time uh, um, in history, uh, in the wilderness. When your ancestors tested me and tried me, though 40 years they saw what I did, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not always known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Verse 12, see to it, brothers and sisters, because of this, see to it that none of you has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Amen. The Bible also goes in, the next verse says, that's why we encourage one another every single day. Provoke one another to love and good works. Encourage somebody. Why? So that our hearts don't ever get into the place where we're tempting the Lord. Think about it. So in other words, what it tells me is I don't care who you are, your heart can get in this place. Come on, somebody. It can ever, it could get in this place. That's why I need somebody else. That's why I need another Christian. That's why I come to church. I want to be provoked to love and good works. I want to be edified and built up. Why? The Bible says, so I don't ever come to a place where I have an unbelieving heart. Amen? Right, So then we don't ever get to a place. But notice this. He does quote, even though the Holy Spirit's speaking to him, he quotes directly from Psalms 95. As a writer of Hebrews is saying this, he's saying, look, the Holy Spirit just reminded me of something. Psalms 95, David declare this in Psalms 95, verse 8. Do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah or the place of quarreling as they did in the day of Massau, the, de- the place of testing in the wilderness. And so he names these two places. So it's not just a, a, a you know, hey, they had a bad attitude. There, there was a, two situations that the Lord got angry with the children of Israel because he was trying to bless them, work miracles for them, and they kept quarreling with God. Contending is what the Bible says with the Lord. Think about it. You ever, you, ever, you know, go to a town and you're like, um, you know, looking for directions like, okay, uh, how do I get to this place? Well, you got to go through this little town of contention, and then you take a right there, and you'll come to the well of quarreling, and then you go another mile, and there's the town. Think about it. That's what it was always known for. And so, as, as the writer of Hebrews is, is reflecting on this about our hearts, he's saying, look, this happened in history. And this happened a lot in history. Amen. Some 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. This is what they were contending. This is what the contention was. Here it is, right here. Is God among us or not? 
I mean, is God among us or not? Now, this is 40 years of this stuff, right? I mean, so God does supernatural signs and wonders before Pharaoh. He, he, he gives Pharaoh this soft heart to let you go out of Egypt. Then Pharaoh chases you down, and then the Bible says that the sea opened up. Amen. You went by, uh, through on dry ground, and then the sea uh, swallowed up the army, the whole army of Pharaoh. Then there was bread, and there was, there was water out of a rock, and then there was healing, and, and then there was, come on, remember that time where the, Moses lifted up the serpent, and everybody was healed. Think about it. And yet they still found a place in their heart to contend with God. Is God among us or not? Think about it. I mean, he, he told them to build their tabernacle and the pillar of cloud would lead them by the night and the, uh, I mean, the pillar of fire would, would lead them by night and the cloud would lead them by day and the cloud or the pillar would come down and the glory of God would be in the tabernacle and, and they still ask, is God with us or not? Seriously. I mean, God, are you with us or not? I mean, this would frustrate me, wouldn't it? Would that frustrate you? I mean, here's this, here's that. I'm taking care of you. I'm watching out for you. I'm defeating all these enemies. I'm parting the Red Sea. I'm, I'm, I'm raining quail from heaven that you're like up to your knees. Come on, think about it. And you still have to ask, am I with you? I mean, come on, God, are you with us or not? And so the Bible says that that place was called the place of contention. And he said this, do not harden your hearts as they did in that place, in that place of rebellion, that time that they went through in the wilderness. In Numbers chapter 20, it gives us, sheds a little light on it. It says this was the water of contention is what it says because the children of Israel contended with the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6, God made a command and he said this, you will not tempt the Lord your God. Do not tempt the Lord your God like they did in that place of Masa. Do not tempt the Lord your God. And when Jesus was tempted by the devil, right, to turn the stones into bread, what did Jesus say? It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. He quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6. You shall not quote the, I mean, tempt the Lord. That's what he's saying. He said, and the devil knew it. And he said, devil, you're, getting on, you're, you're walking on, on thin ice here. You shall not. Tempt the Lord your God. How many know that's a command? We're not to tempt the Lord. And this becomes the ultimate bad example. This journey in the wilderness, this time and place where people contended with God, quarreled and argued and complained uh, against the Lord. Think about it. In Numbers 14, 22, gives us a little bit uh, of a picture, a clear picture. It says, all of those people which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these 10 times and have not hearkened my voice. No one of these people, not one of these people that have contended with me or treated me with contempt will ever see the promised land. They're not going in. That's just it. I, I've struggled with them. I've wrestled with them. I've given them time after time. Ten times they've argued with me. They've, they've complained against me. Come on, this is what he's saying, right? And he said, because of that, you're gonna die on this side of the promised land. You're going to die on this side of, of, of the, the promise of the ancestors. In Psalms 78, Asaph wrote this, and he talked about that experience. And he said, they demanded the food they were craving. They constantly were craving things. And they won, wanted to go back to Egypt, and they were demanding of the Lord, give us this, give us that. Amen. That's what the Bible says in verse 18. Then in verse 41, it says they turned away and tempted God to kill them. They dared God. They challenged God to kill them. How many know that's just not smart? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have any friends like that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to march to the front of the crowd. You know what I mean? I had this journey of going out of the wilderness. Those people in the back are crazy. They're, they're daring God to, to, 
come on, to strike them down. And the Bible says this in verse 41. He says, and they limited the Holy One of Israel from giving them his blessings. You're limiting God right there. You're complaining, you're quarreling, you're contending with God. You're limiting the Holy One of Israel. Think about it. God Almighty, you're putting limits on his blessings in your life. And in verse 56, it says, they would not, they would not keep the commandments. Not just they didn't, they made some mistakes, they messed up. No, they would not keep his commandments. In other words, Moses would give a command and like, I'm doing the opposite. How many of you have ever had children like that, <laughs> right? I mean, no, that's, you're contending with them, right? Amen. You've got that dis defiance disorder going on. That's what they had. Like, God would say, you know what? This is what you're going to do. You're gonna no, I'm not. No, I'm not going to do that. And they tempted God Almighty. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to do that. And Jeremiah goes back, and he even reflects on this. And he says in chapter 7, he says, talks about the children of Israel. They wouldn't listen. They kept on doing whatever they wanted to do, following their own stubborn, evil thoughts. They went backward instead of forward. God's trying to take them into the promised land, and all they want to do is go back to Egypt. How many know there's some people in their life, amen, if you keep questioning God, keep questioning God, keep questioning him, you're going to find yourself going backwards and not forwards. God wants you to go forward. The tests that come into your life and the trials that come into your life are to go forward in God. They're to make steps and progress. Come on, somebody, amen. The Bible says in, in Proverbs that the, 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 the righteous constantly are moving upward and onward, leaving hell behind. Amen? Come on. That's, that's what we're doing. And some people, they want to go back. They constantly want to go backwards. They want to go back to what they had before they knew Jesus. And they said, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. How many know? Amen? Listen, you don't know how good you have it in the love of God. You don't know how you good. You may not have a good house and this and this and this and this and this, but you've got it good if you've got the love of God. And so they didn't like that. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Again, he talks about it again. He brings it up one more time. These people that had a hard heart and tempting the Lord. He said, now these things occurred uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 6. He said, now these things, talking about the things in the wilderness, occurred as examples to us to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they, as they did, as they did in the wilderness. Do not be idolaters or idol worships as some of them were as it was written. The people sat down to eat and rose up to play. Verse 8, we should not commit sexual immorality as they did. In one day, 23,000 of them died. Verse 9, we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Verse 10, and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by destroying angels. In verse 22, he goes on and he says, are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we trying to make God angry? I mean, he's talking to these Christians at Corinth. Are you trying to make God angry? And then he asked this question, are you stronger than God? Are you smarter than the Lord? Do you, is that why you're doing this? Is it because you're trying to provoke God's anger to see how much you can get away with? Uh-oh. It got really quiet in here. Think about it. He says, and then he goes on and he says, just because we say, you use Christians say, I have the right to do anything, he says it doesn't mean that it's beneficial, constructive, or it's right. right. Amen? Right. See, again, people say, well, I have the right. I'm a Christian. I won't go to hell for it. I've heard a lot of people say that. Well, you can't go to hell for it, okay? I can do it. How many know I don't want to ever want to get to that place where I'm walking that line? pushing the envelope with God and testing him out and saying, okay, how real is your word? Are you really going to, uh, to do something about it or not? Are you really with us or not? 
I don't ever want to get to that place. What the Bible describes this, uh, this, this tempting the Lord. Tempting the Lord is a level of unbelief. It makes it clear. A level of unbelief. And I'm not talking about I really believe, but I don't know everything about the Bible. And I, but I still believe it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a level of unbelief that you have in your heart towards the Lord. Amen. Being in this thing for so long and you still have this level of unbelief. That's tempting the Lord. Tempting the Lord is to provoke. That's one of the words. It means to provoke somebody. How many know that's kind of like, uh, you know, one of those really mean dogs on a chain and, and you know exactly how far they go, you know, and you just go to that area and make fun of them and nah, 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 you know, everything and you know, all that right there. Cause you know, they're not going to come and provoking and provoking and provoking. How many, one day that dog probably just ripped that chain right off and you're done. Right, you're done. And just, we had a dog like that in our neighborhood or whatever. Just the meanest dog ever, ever. And, and I don't know why all of us from school would walk down this alley. We knew this dog was in this alley. But we would like try to tease it and provoke it, right? And then one day, the dog wasn't in, the, in his normal place. And all of a sudden, we realized he's not on the chain. Yeah, I think we all like, you just kind of ran into a Burger King real quick. Ah, you know, and this dog is out. So, so how many know that's kind of what it is? Provoking the Lord to anger, testing him to push him and see how far he'll go. It's challenging the Lord. It's arguing with the Lord. It's confidently, having confidence in your disobedience. That's what it is. You're confident in your disobedience. Like, I'm going to do this and I don't care what the Lord says. Think about it. Refusing to cooperate with God, yet demanding things from him. That's what they were doing in the wilderness. They were refusing to cooperate with Moses and the Lord and everybody else, and yet they were demanding things of the Lord. How many know this is provoking God? I said this is provoking the Lord. Why? Because they didn't think he's going to do anything about it. They didn't think the Lord was going to do anything about it. Provoking uh, the Lord. Think about it. In the New Testament, we see this, that the Pharisees, while Jesus was hanging on the cross, what did the Pharisees do? They provoked the Lord. They said, if you're really the son of God, you'll come down from that cross. If you show us a sign, then we'll believe in you. How many know that's provoking the Lord to anger? Amen. In that midst, we see that picture. Amen. And we don't ever want to get to that place. It also means to ridicule and mock the person, the power, the ways, and the commands of God. The person, Jesus Christ himself, to mock him, to ridicule. Amen. And to cast doubt on who he is. Amen. And it's not just about asking questions. I, I know a lot of people are like, well, I have a lot of questions about Christianity. I have a lot of questions about the Bible. How I many know it's not about just asking questions? This goes beyond that. This is about knowing the answer. And and seeing the miracle, experiencing his power, tasting his mercy, and still complaining against the Lord. I mean, that's, that's tempting the Lord, right? That's tempting the Lord. You got to come next week because I'm going to preach this real happy message. And it's going to be really great. And you're going to really like it. And it was, but let's just hold on today. And, and so just like temptations from the devil to Jesus, just like the temptations that the devil brought to Jesus when Jesus went through those temptations, it's provoking God. And th this is what it affects. It affects your desires, your worship, and your loyalty. And when God wants to test those things, are you going to stay with him? Are you going to go, Peter? Are you going to leave? Or are you going to stay with me? I know you confess that I'm Jesus and I'm the Christ, but are you going to leave too? 
And he tests your loyalties. We talked about last week. And he tests your heart. And he tests your desires. How many know your desires are going to be tested? Amen. Will you surrender to the Lord? Will you surrender all your desires to him? Will you surrender everything to the Lord? That's what God wants to know. And when you get to a place where God's good to you. And you keep purposely making uh, sinning and willfully sinning. And God's still good to you. And you still keep turning your back on him. And God's still good to you. And you keep, keep, keep cursing God. And you keep arguing with the Lord. Lord, and you keep complaining about the things of the Lord, how many know the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord can only strive with man for so long? These 10 times, he said, these 40 years that I wrestled with these people, that I put up with these people, and it wasn't everybody, it was just this crowd of people. And how many know, and when, when you got somebody that's a complainer, it kind of affects everybody else. How many ever been that way at work? There's just one of those people, they don't have nothing good to say, nothing. Like nothing. It's like, hey, what's up? Have a good day. It's like, what's good about it? You see the cloud over there? It could rain, right? How many know what I'm talking about, right? And they're just complaining. I'll never forget, I worked with a, a guy and we worked a lot. In the summer, we would work like 80 hours a week and we got all this overtime. And it was the largest check I, I've ever gotten at that time. And it was like, I was so like beside myself, you know? And, uh, and this guy, all he could do is complain. He was like, this isn't enough. This isn't going to pay for this and this and this. Who does he think I am? I was like, dude, you, you just got the largest check. And how many know that's the way some Christians are? God keeps being good to them, keeps being good to them, and keeps good to them. And all they can do is complain. Think about it. And when, when Jesus showed himself to Saul on the road to Damascus, Saul of Tarsus, what did, what did he say? It's, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. It's hard for you to resist my dealings. I'm dealing with you, and it's hard for you to do that. How many know it's hard for us to go against what God wants us to do? Amen? It's hard for us to do that. And if you get to a place where you get beyond that, that conviction, you get beyond that dealing, amen, man, that's not a good place to be, is it? Amen? That's where we need to fall on our knees and say, Lord, amen, forgive me. Amen, I've gotten away from you. I've gotten away from, my heart's got away from you. Amen, I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm resenting the dealings of the Lord. I'm resenting the testings of God. I'm resenting and I'm complaining about the goodness of the Lord. How many know that's tempting the Lord? Amen. That's why witchcraft is so dangerous, because by nature, it provokes the Lord. By nature, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, you don't just open your heart to the demonic, but you, you provoke the Lord. By nature, it provokes the Lord. Amen? How many know that's why we avoid it? That's why we stay away from it. That's why we, we get away from it as far as we can. Amen? Because we don't want to provoke the Lord. I'm going to please the Lord. Amen? And you know, when God's testing us and God's dealing with us, I notice this, is that every time we run from it, every time we resist it, every time we rebel, guess what? God resets the test. <laughs> God just puts right back through it again. Amen? Come on, because he doesn't want us to miss the blessings from him. He doesn't want us to miss that. It, it's gonna cause our faith to grow and you can actually get closer to the Lord through suffering, through pain, through trials. Through Come on, you can get closer to the Lord. Many people wanna avoid it. Everybody wants to avoid it at all costs, but how many know Paul said, these things actually bring me closer to the Lord. Amen, paraphrasing. These things bring me closer to the Lord. You see, the difference is demanding from God instead of asking from the Lord. The difference is complaining to God instead of being thankful. 
being bitter instead of content, and rejecting instead of believing. Amen. And so the Lord doesn't want us to get to this place that we're tempting him. Now, let me ask you this question. And as I was writing, I said, Lord, I, I, this question came up in my heart. Is there mercy? Is there grace for that? Is there mercy? And I, I would say yes. <laughs> I would say yes. Why? Because the Bible says that even Israel, amen, you know, got away from the Lord. The Bible even says, uh, I, I divorced myself, but I, I came back again. We got back together again. Come on. Uh, we reunited again. Amen? amen? Is that right? And in Exodus, it says this, that the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do to those people. Wow, think about it. I mean, God actually changed his mind. Amen. And so I want to I wanna just throw that out, that there is mercy, there is grace, but don't keep pushing your limits with God. Keep tempting the Lord. Keep arguing about the things that the Lord is bringing your way. Come on, somebody. How many know in marriage, you married that person, you fell in love with them, and over time things happened, da, da. next thing you know, all you do is complaining, all you're doing is arguing, all you're doing is quarreling. Uh-oh. Amen. And it's just not bringing the blessings of God in your marriage. So, yeah, we don't want to tempt the Lord, do we? But there's something that I want to leave you with today that, that is a great principle here that I wanted to bring out and I really wanted to talk about. And that is, so we're not, the, the Lord is testing us. We talked about that. We go through these trials and that we're not to tempt the Lord. But there's something amazing that the Lord tells us in his word, and that is to prove him. Put him to the test, not in the sense of tempting him and provoking him, but proving the goodness of the Lord. Think about it. Amen. To prove the Lord. In Malachi chapter 3, amen, verse 10, what does it say? He says, bring in all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven on you and pour out a blessing, that there will be no room for you to contain it. You won't have enough room to, I'm gonna jam pack your, your, your houses and your, uh, at that point, the storage house full of goods and food. I'm gonna pack it if you'll just prove me. If you'll trust me first, if you'll put your faith in action first, then you're gonna see that God is true to his word. Come on, that's what the Lord wants us to do. Yeah, we're not going to tempt the Lord, but guess what we're going to do? We're going to prove the Lord and say, you know, your word works, amen. And I'm going to put out my faith, I'm going to step out in faith, and if I step out in faith, come on, amen, the Lord's going to show up. The Lord's going to do something, amen. And that's what the Lord really is challenging us in this hour, is prove me. Not, not tempt me, but provoke me, but prove and see if I'm not good. See if I'm not powerful. See if I'm not the Holy One of Israel. See if I'm not the God of all creation. See if I'm not the one that called you in your mother's womb. See if I'm not the one that died on the cross, rose again, and is coming back one day. That's who I am. I want you to see that. Amen. And so the Lord says that we can prove the Lord, can't we? In one translation, it says, try me or try it. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove my goodness to you. Let me prove my provision to you. Let me prove that I'm a good God and I'm a providing father. I'm a protector. Come on, I'm the one that's gonna watch out for you. Let me prove it to you, amen. And so what is he talking about in this verse? He says, prove God in what? Well, he says, bring in the whole tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Put God to the test like precious metals. Uh, the, the, just to examine the Lord, see if he's good. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. That's to prove the Lord. Amen. Put your faith in the Lord. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Proving God simply means this. I'm taking God at his word. Whatever it says in here, I completely believe. 
Anybody? Amen. I'm taking God as word. I'm fully trusting his word. I'm taking, amen, the word of God literal. I'm, I'm believing with my whole heart. That's what it means to prove God. Amen. It means to put my faith in actions. I like what that man said when Jesus, amen, was asking him for, uh, he was coming to Jesus for his, his son to be healed. And he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. He didn't say, I don't believe in you. Do something about it. He said, I believe Help me in the areas that I'm weak. Amen? How many know? He's saying, Lord, I want to see your power. I want to put you to the test in the sense that you said you would be my healer. You said that you would provide for me. You said that you would heal my body. You said that you would take care of my family. And so now I'm going to take a step of faith. And I'm going to put my faith in action. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Amen? And I'm going to see that God is true to his word. Anybody? Anybody? God wants you to, amen, say that this word is true. And some of you in a test and a trial that you can actually see that God is, is who he said he was. Amen. That God is, is going to do everything that he promised for you. But you've got to put your faith in action. Prove the Lord. See that he's true to his word. See that his word is real. Amen. See that he is the God of all flesh. Amen. That's what he's saying. Amen. And I may not have seen miracles too much. I may have been disappointed in my life. There's been this and this and this and this and all these things. But nevertheless, I still believe that God is faithful. I still believe that God is real. I still believe that God is God. I still believe that there's nobody like him and there will never be anyone equal to him. I still believe that, amen, he causes the sun to, to rise and to set. Amen, he puts the planets in place. He controls everything. I just believe in God, amen. It doesn't matter, amen, I just believe in the Lord. That's what I'm doing. I'm proving the Lord, amen. In Psalms 37, it says, trust in the Lord and do good. And then what? The Lord said, I'm going to shelter you. I'm going to feed you. Delight yourself in the Lord. And then what? I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Then what? Then it, I will bring it to pass. See, if you put your faith out there, if you put your heart out there before the Lord, amen, you can prove the Lord, amen. God, your word says that you're going to take care of my family, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast, I'm going to believe you, I'm going to be a good witness, and I'm going to depend that you're going to take care of the rest, amen. I'm going to prove and see that the Lord is real, amen. I'm going to prove and see that God is, amen, really said this thing. I don't know about you, but I believe that God wants to, to do a mighty outpouring of his spirit, an awesome revival in Williamsport like Cumming County. Anybody? Amen. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to prove it. I'm going to, I'm going to prove because God said he wanted to do it and God's going to do it. And God said he wanted to save everybody. So I'm going to put God to his word. I'm going to prove it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to witness. I'm going to feed the poor. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to come on somebody. Amen. Because I believe God can do it. I'm not tempting God. I know he can do it. Amen. I'm not asking the Lord whether you can do it. Are you with me or not? I know he's with me. And because I know he's with me, I'm going to put my faith out there and I'm going to see the Lord work, amen, in my life. That's what he's saying. Put God to the test. Prove the Lord. I don't know about you, but amen, next week we're getting ready to talk about Vision Sunday. And I've got a lot of ideas and, and vision from the Lord of what, what God wants us to do. Amen? And what we're going to do is we're say, God, here's, here's what you called us to do. Here's what you called River Valley Church to do. We've got this, this, and this. Here's the bills. Here's the needs. Amen? But because we believe that you're going to do it, we're going to put our money where our mouth is. We're going to put our faith, amen, in action. And we're going to pray. We're going to believe God. And we're going to give. Amen? Because I believe God is going to do those things. Amen? 
God's going to prove this. Put God to the test. Lord, you said this. Don't be weary in well-doing for, doing for due season, the Bible says. Stay close to God, and what the Bible says, he'll never leave you. Confess him before people, and he'll confess you before angels. Stand unashamed before him, and he'll stand boldly for you. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Amen? And I know that if I sow greatly, I'll reap greatly. And because of this, Paul said, God is able to bless me abundantly so that at all things and at all times I have all the things I need so that I will abound in every good work. Amen? I'm putting God, amen, to the, uh, into the test. Not that I'm, I'm questioning him and I'm quarreling with him, but I'm, I'm putting his goodness, amen, to prove that God is good and God does heal and God does provide. Amen? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to prove that God is real Amen to my neighbors, to my community, to my family. I'm going to allow faith to work in my life so that God can be seen, so that people can say, God is true. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want my life to cause people to question God. I want my life to be that they believe in God because of what I'm doing and where I'm going and, and what's happening in my life. I want them to turn to the Lord, not away from God. Amen. Because of what is going on in my life. Amen. And so this morning, we're, we're going to accept the testings of the Lord. We're gonna accept the trials that God puts us. We're going to face the temptations and overcome them in Jesus' name. And we're certainly not going to tempt the Lord, but we're going to prove him. Prove his word is true. Prove his goodness is, is in our lives. Amen. That he's with us. Amen. That he's walking with us and talking with us. Amen. I have healing for my body. I have hope in the invisible. And I have help when I need it. That's, that's Jesus. Amen. That's what I have, amen. In Matthew chapter six, verse 33, I love this. I'm gonna end with this. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and then what? Then God's gonna add all these things that I'm praying about, concerned about, and worried about, and I need to me. I'm gonna prove that God is real. If he told me to seek him, that's what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna show, and God's gonna show me that what he said is coming to pass. Anybody believe that? Anybody believe that, amen, this morning? Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. I wanna share one scripture before we leave. Amen, trials, amen, testing or tempting, <laughs> amen. So the trials come and they try our faith, they try our heart, and they really try God's word. The Bible says that when Joseph was in prison, the word of the Lord tried him. It came to him, it reminded him. But I also believe that not only did it, he to go through those trials, but I believe that God continued to give him that hope that I'm gonna use you someday. There's purpose in your life. This thing's gonna work out. Don't worry about it right now. Just minister to the people in prison. Even though they betray you and people lied about you and you're here under false pretense, I'm gonna tell you something. God's gonna use this. This trial is not gonna last forever. And what God spoke of your life, Joseph, God is going to bring to pass. That you will be a leader in Egypt and your brothers will come to you. And the, the, come on, and God's gonna use you anyway. So, so you have to look at it that way. That God is trying and through his word, he tries us. And the key, really, is God's word, isn't it? Right? Number one, God's word. The second thing is our heart. It's really about our heart. I love this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. It says, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today, that you may live and increase, and you may enter and possess the land the Lord promised an oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. And, and this is what it says. And you went through hunger, but God provided food for you. Your clothes didn't wear out. You didn't get weary in walking. Your shoes didn't wear out so that you could say, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. Amen. Amen. 
And that's what God's doing, that I can say that it's not me, it's God. That God's putting the trials in my life and bringing these things and taking me through these things that I can say it's not me, it's him. Amen. It's not what I did, it's what he did. It's not my failure, it's his, amen, blessing. It's not what I've lost, it's what he gives me. Amen? Amen. And so today is God testing you. God got you through a trial. Amen. Are you tempted to sin? I mean, think about it. Either way, God wants you to step up. He's just really bringing this into your life to step up and to win. Amen. How many believe that with all your heart? I believe God is doing this. I'm not just tempted to sin, but I know God's testing me. I know God's dealing with me. I know the Lord is working in my life. And, you know, are you proving the Lord? That's what I want you to do today is prove God that he's real, that he's right, that he's true. He's perfect and he's good. Amen. But for some of you, I have to ask this question. Are you provoking the Lord? Who's testing who today? Who's testing who today? I, I don't know about you, but as God's testing me, I want to prove and say, God, your word is true. You said that, Lord, these trials are just for a season. But at the end of these trials, at the end of this test, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Job said it. Amen. In 2310, he said, man, no, Lord, you know the way I take. You know the way I go. You know where I'm going. When you have tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. When this thing's all said and done, I'm going to jump. I'm going to shout. I'm not going to wait, actually, until that's over. I'm going to do it right now, and I'm going to bless you in this time. And I'm going to praise God in this time because I know this is more valuable to you. My faith is more valuable to you, to God, than what is going on around me or what, what's, come on, what, what God gives me in my life. My faith is more valuable. How many believe that today? And so if you're going through something, amen, just rejoice, the Bible says. Yeah, we'll pray with you. We'll stand with you. We'll give you some scriptures of the day, some quotes of, of the day. Amen. A little shot in the arm. That's great. Amen. But we'll just say, you know what? Let God have his way in your life. Just let God have his way in your life. And, you know, I just want to address this, that if there's anybody here and you really feel like, you know, that I spoke to you today, that you really are arguing with God. You're complaining against the Lord, constantly arguing and contending with the Lord. He's been good to you. You keep messing up. You keep doing your, and it's not just about messing up. It's about you keep doing your selfish desires. You keep going after that. You keep doing that. God's delivering you. Then you want to go back to Egypt. You just want to go back to jail. You want to go back to bondage. You want to go back to, come on, imprisonment, emotionally, mentally, and physically. You want to go back to that abusive relationship. You want to go back to that lifestyle of, of reckless living and brokenness. And God's still good to you. And you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Today is the day to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm stopping in this journey, this broken cycle in my life, and I'm surrendering to the Lord with all my heart. I'm saying, God, take my heart. Lord, this unbelief that I'm living out is just ridiculous. It's getting me nowhere. I'm just surrendering today. I'm yielding myself and saying, Lord, I surrender all to you. If that's you today, all you got to do is just pray. The Bible says he's near you. He's close to you. He's just a prayer away. And just say, Lord, forgive me for testing you and tempting you and, and, and ignoring you, Lord, and pushing you away. You've been so good to me. I Just forgive me today. If that's you and, and you say, Lord, I, I need the Lord to forgive me of my sins. I, I just feel like I've just really turned my back on God and not just made mistakes, but I've turned my back on the Lord. And today I want to turn my face to God. I want to turn back to the Lord and say, Lord, you'll take me back. Amen. Is that you today? Is there anybody here under the sound of my voice? Maybe you'll just slip up your hand and say, I'm done running. I'm done fighting with the Lord. I surrender all to the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Let's pray.